0: The existence of free will meant that we couldn't know the future, and we knew free will existed because we had direct experience of it. Volition was an intrinsic part of consciousness. Or was it? What if the experience of knowing the future changed a person? What if it evoked a sense of urgency, a sense of obligation to act precisely as she knew it would?
1: Welcome to the Look to Lens podcast. I am Will, and I'm with
0: Eric. How's it going, Eric? It's early. Oh, actually, it's not early. It's, it's like noon. It's like noon, but it's early for us. It's early for us. Yeah, not really. I've been. I've, I've actually been up since eight. I don't know. I, said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, sorry about messing up the last take. By the way, this is take number two for our listeners. Just so
1: they know, yeah. it was my bad. That's
2: okay.
0: Are we good? Can we? You're two take, Will. I'm one take, Eric. That's true. That's what the people call us.
1: That's true. This is what they call us. So this. This episode is the first episode of our second season where we are doing Oscar contenders. Um, so the first yeah. novel book we're doing is the film is called Arrival, uh, and the short story is called Story of Your Life, written by Ted Chiang. So Arrival, the film was released this past Friday, um, the November eleventh, twenty sixteen. We are recording this on a Sunday, just so you guys know. It's uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve. I think that's how you pronounce it. I think it's Villeneuve. Well, I think it's French. It's like Canadian. It's like French-Canadian. <laughs> so, if you American accent would be Dennis Villeneuve.
0: Yeah. We're American.
1: We're American, so we're so, going to say that. Yeah. So, he's the director of Sicario, Enemy, Prisoners, Encendie, or Incendies if you're American, and Polytechnique, uh, upcoming Blade Runner sequel. Uh, it's called Blade Runner 2049. And uh, The Sun, which is coming after that, which is with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. So, this film stars Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker, Screenplay is by Eric uh, Heisserer, uh, who wrote *Lights Out*. Uh, the budget for this film was forty-seven million dollars. Uh, the expected opening weekend box office is uh, was twenty-five million. That was on Thursday uh, projections. Uh, that is per box office mojo's Brad Purvey. Um It was also nominated for the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival back in September. Mm. So the domestic total as of the thirteenth, which is is that today.
2: I mean,
0: as of this morning.
1: As of this morning is twenty four million. So that's without today's. Um, so
0: that's like that's like what you're looking at is the weekend estimate,
1: right? Yeah, right. So that'll probably break the early estimate of twenty five million. So,
0: no, 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 no. So that, that's what they're now estimating. Oh, that's
1: what weekend. it is. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. That's all right. So that's still close projection.
0: I read box office Mojo a lot. Actually. Do
1: you? Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, Eric's the expert. I'm kind of a loser. Man. I'm just here. <laughs> Uh, So their short
1: story is called Story of Your Life, written by Ted Chang, published in 1998. It won the Nebula Award for Best Novella uh, back in 2000. And, yeah. So those are some of the facts about the short story in the film.
0: Yeah. I heard you have a quiz. So because of last episode, our season finale of season one, if you recall, the Holes episode, Will gave me a little MTV Movie Awards quiz. I wanted to, to... to turn that back around at you. So okay. I, I've got a three... I think four-question quiz, actually. Four questions. Part of it will touch on the MTV Movie Awards, but most of it won't. should hide that screen, so I can't see. It. Yeah, Will likes we'll to cheat. So <laughs> the first question to you, and after, after this quiz, we'll get into the nitty-gritty stuff, but Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner, who star in the film Arrival, have both appeared in comic book films dealing with alien invasions. Can you name them?
1: Well... Jeremy Renner was in Avengers. There you go. That's one. Amy Adams was in Superman. Okay.
0: All right. All right. What's Moving up? On. <laughs> um. This is easy. It's easy so far. Oh, my God. switch up the question. So, Amy <laughs> Adams has also never won an Academy Award. Yeah. <clears throat> Famously, like, Leo or Matt Damon, but mm-hmm. not as, not as well-known, probably. hmm Um, how many times has she been nominated? So, I actually know this. She's been nominated five times. Okay. Name... Can you name three of the roles? Um... American
1: Hustle um what was that one with Philip Seymour Hoffman I can't remember the name of it but it's Philip Seymour Hoffman and um Joaquin Phoenix where it's like a uh, cult I can't remember the name of the film um was she nominated for Big Eyes no was she yeah she was she was not fuck
0: explicitly <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh and that's, I don't know. All right, we got 05, June Bug, 08, Doubt, oh, 2010, yeah. The Fida. Oh my God. Um, and the movie you're looking for is called The Master. The Master, okay. Interesting fact Jeremy Renner actually had the Philip Seymour Hoffman role until he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Interesting. Um, so wow. now onto the MTV Movie Awards section. How many oh, MTV Movie Awards has she been nominated for? She can't be a nominee for that many. I feel like she doesn't do... I feel like you did a lot of research leading up to this, and I was afraid that you were going to know a lot of these answers. <laughs> but I guess you don't know this one, so <laughs> I'm good.
1: Uh, how Are you asking me how many or what films? How many? How many? One, two.
0: Seven. Ha! <laughs> oh my God. Moving on. Uh, three for American Hustle, one for The Fighter, and... Three two, for American Hustle? And, hold on, did I do this right? Yeah, so three for American Hustle, three for... Enchanted in two thousand eight, and one for the Fighter. Oh my God! In the Fighter, she was nominated for Best Fight. So I, I don't know who who comes up with these categories. I don't know. Actually, children. MTV. Hold, let me hold on. I, mm-hmm. I want to know who was also nominated. Okay. For this,
1: I can't believe she was nominated three times for one
0: film. Best Fight. So best Performance. In that in twenty, I guess it's the twenty eleven MTV Movie Awards. Mm-hmm. She was. Amy Adams versus the Sisters was nominated for the best fight. Oh, she great. lost to Robert Pattinson versus Bryce Dallas Howard and Xavier Samuel. Samuel uh-huh. in the Twilight Saga: colon Eclipse for best fight. For best fight, that's terrible. That was the winner. That's too bad. I mean, Twilight was huge, so, so
1: it makes sense, I guess.
0: There you go for that one. Um, <laughs> Would never have guessed that. Last question for you: mm-hmm. Who has the higher lifetime box office gross of the? Of Renner Adams,
1: it's got to be Renner. I mean, he's been in the Avengers and a bunch of like box office films.
0: So, so it, have... it is Renner. Okay, so two point five billion to two point oh and some change billion. Oh wow! So Amy Adams actually like that's actually pretty good. She for her. she has a pretty high box. She's like twenty seventh all time or something like that. Are you serious? And, yeah.
1: And he's wow. like twenty. And she
0: doesn't maybe. do like like Arrival she, is.
1: Mean, she's a film, in Superman. Superman.
0: Yeah, she's a Superman. That's what, um, I think that's what mostly this is. Wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. Crazy. So there All you right, go, Adams, There you go, leading that's, lady in Hollywood. That's my quiz. All right. Good quiz. I like that. I feel like it did okay.
0: I, you were okay. It was okay.
1: It wasn't great. It was like a C maybe. Like I probably like a B. Okay, so above average. Yeah. It's good.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I'll do some improvements. So I'm next going. next next time you
0: can you can ask me a question.
2: Okay, I'll
1: do that. Um, so <clears throat> let's get into the nitty gritty of this film. So. As you mentioned before, our new season is about um, Oscar contenders. So we chose this film for a few different reasons, but Eric, why do you think we chose this film and what makes an Oscar contender
0: to you? We chose, so in like preparation for this season, I feel like we kind of churned through a lot of ideas for movies that we wanted to pick, like Girl on a Train,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, The Light Between Oceans. We, both, we mentioned those last time. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up on Arrival for several different reasons. Like, the first of which is because Will's, like, a sci-fi head a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and I think this movie really, really hits your wheelhouse, right? Yeah. So it's, like, it's kind of, it's, like, if you can imagine the past, like, five movie seasons, there's been, like, one early fall sci-fi movie that comes out that mm-hmm. everyone's like, yeah, yeah, this is kind of it. So it's, like, Inception... Not to compare these movies, but like Inception, mm-hmm. Prometheus, The Martian, Interstellar, mm-hmm. all these movies kind of like fit the same building. They're mm-hmm. like high profile directors, and I think Villain Wave is kind of a high profile director. He's more he's, he's like critically beloved right. than yeah. high profile at this point, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's at least in like Academy circles, he's probably more well known, although yeah. he's never been nominated.
1: Right. I, he's not nominated his,
0: for a foreign... Yeah. his yeah. Best foreign film in Oscar. On Sundays
1: was nominated for Best Foreign
0: Picture. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so when you, when you look at Oscar movies, you have to look at several things. Like, who's involved? Mm-hmm. So, like, we both loved um, his movie last year, which is Sicario. Sicario, yeah. Uh, that was my favorite movie of 2015. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably one of his Oh, one of mine. Yeah, as well. Um, Amy Adams, like we just said, nominated for five Oscars. Jeremy Renner's been nominated twice. Mm-hmm. Um the story itself like being science fiction but grounded in this kind of like more it's not like it's high science fiction. Right. Right? Or like fantasy. It's it's very grounded in kind of like the day to day real world. Yeah, right. And it's
1: not basic it's not there aren't isn't a lot of science back behind it like Interstellar was. It's more like I guess philosophical than that.
0: Um, yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. Which is, I think pertains more to, like, the Academy. I don't think the Academy is a big fan, or big fans of, like, just a lot of science behind their films, like science, or, like,
0: uh, scientifically accurate, or whatever. Or inaccurate. Right. Like, the, like Star Wars, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the most influential films of, ever, like, ever, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, I like, not a lot of Oscar. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. a lot of main category Oscar
2: love. Yeah, like for you sure. Get, you
0: get a lot of, like, sound mixing, sound editing, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, so Arrival, like, in our minds, I think could compete for some of the above the line awards. Mm-hmm. Like, Villain Wave could get an Oscar nomination for sure for directing. Amy Adams is probably in the conversation for acting. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe, maybe. She, she's in the conversation. She's in the conversation. For she sure. might not be like a in the the, in the, 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 the lead, field, but yeah. I think yeah. I, I think it, it has a really good shot at Best Picture nom. Yeah. You know so? Yeah. Okay. So that that's why, like, I want to do this, because I think this is probably, I think they usually it's, like, between 8 and 10 mm-hmm. Best Picture nominations. Like, this has to be in... In there. Yeah. In the conversation. That's so what
1: I would say. Yeah. I think, um, I think Amy Adams might actually be a lock for this role, um, just based on her resume and based on, like, the scope of this film. Because not many women nowadays are leading films like this, this big box office, um, but I think Villain of waif has a really good chance. Renner and Force Whitaker, maybe. I thought Force Whitaker was really good. I really liked enjoyed his What kind of
0: accent was he doing?
1: Uh
0: <clears throat> we'll put you on the spot. I have no idea. I think it was just a regular he, he was doing like something with his voice. Was it? I didn't notice. Yeah, I thought so. Maybe. Was it like a southern accent? No. It was like European? I don't even is Force Whitaker American? I think he is, yeah. He did last King in Scotland, but that was like of uh, he was African. Uh, yeah, maybe. I can't remember, but he's from Longview, Texas.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, don't, I didn't. I, I just got like an American impression, okay. accent impression. I thought that. there was something going on. Yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah. So the film is isn't your typical like Best Picture winner by any means. No, um, but based on recent recent years and recent nominees, it definitely could be in the conversation for getting a, getting a nomination. And then you know when we choose these types of films for this. Um, for this uh, season here, we have to kind of wait for the critics' response before we decide. So based on um, The Light Between Oceans and The Girl on the Train, these were considered Oscar contenders earlier in the year, but yeah. the critics responded not very well. So they didn't like it very much, so that kind of, like, threw this off. But this film had, like, a great um, <clears throat> circuit with critics, especially at, like, TIFF and other film festivals. Everybody loved it. Everybody wrote great things about it. Um so it's like all right, well this film is has got the pieces to be an Oscar contender. Yeah, and
0: I would uh, like I think we know that the critic response isn't fully like that doesn't 100% correlate with like the academy voting, mm-hmm. but I think it gives you a pretty good barometer. Like if this movie is liked by critics, usually the academy finds it. Like right. there, there's some like incredibly loud and Dangerously close yeah. or whatever the mm-hmm. hell that movie was like not well liked, right. but still managed to get like nominations yeah. for best picture I think and best supporting actor.
1: So let me ask you a question real quick. So this film I think is at like a ninety six right now about mm-hmm. it's high nineties for um, on, tomatoes. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So
0: the tomato meter, the tomato
1: meter. I think it's like a like a low eighties on or like an eighty on Metacritic. Metacritic. But so the new the film Jackie is coming out later mm-hmm. this year I think in December. Um, that seems like it's going to be a surefire Oscar contender. So, do you think if that film was like an eighty percent Rotten Tomatoes, like a seven between seventy-five and eighty, maybe like a seventy-seven, let's say, do you think that film still has a better chance of winning like Best Picture than Arrival at like ninety-six? Do you think that plays any sort of role? No, you don't think so. No. So, last do you year think the do you think um, well, maybe I don't Jackie know. would win? Do you think Jackie would
0: probably? It seems like more of an Oscar movie. You
1: know what I mean? Like, the
0: Academy would like that movie better just... Because it's, it's like... It's a historical... American historical, like, traumatic event. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, the post... post Post-assassination of JFK, like, how does Jackie live her life for the next whatever it is. Yeah, and and a lot of these
1: uh, Academy voters are all old white guys, so they probably remember this event when they were growing (laughs) up. So, it probably would strike a chord with them.
0: Yeah. I think it's a little more diverse now, but... So I guess the what you would say to that is like if you're an academy voter, you're looking for things that are more human, mm. um, things that not are not alien, or like fantasy or science fiction. Something that you could be like, this is what like the the movies can show you how humanity works, mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. like. That's not really the case in a lot of the bigger science fiction movies. Right. There are elements of humanity, mm-hmm. but when you get lost into, like, the science of things or the budgets and the effects and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you kind of lose your narrative, like, your narrative importance. Yeah. But whereas, like... So the opposite of that would be Arrival, which, as we, like, can talk about the plot, mm-hmm. and there will be spoilers... Yep, um, just so you're aware. ...ahead. Arrival... Amy Adams' character in Arrival is a linguist. Mm -hmm. She's a professor at some college, Mm -hmm. and she's recruited by the government to help them decode... Not decode, but to translate alien language Mm -hmm. when the 12 shells, the ships, land in different places across the globe. Mm -hmm. So it's like... the, The narrative point of this movie is, like, how can humanity solve a, like, fantastical problem? Yeah. Not, like, how can fantastic people deal with a fantastical problem. I see. That's a good point. Yeah. So, that's a, so does Arrival have a better shot than Jackie? I don't know. Yeah. I mean... I would say probably not. Probably not? Yeah. But, I, I like, how boring will that movie be? I don't Jackie? know. Jackie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Historical features are... can either be really boring, or they can be... You can be Lincoln, right? Yeah. Which is boring. boring. Or you can be... Spotlight, maybe. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, that's a good question.
2: Yeah,
1: it's it'll be interesting to see. I think I don't think there's ever been like a science fiction best picture winner, at least to my that's... recent knowledge. So I, I it doesn't have a good shot, but it's in the conversation. So that's why we did it. Yeah. And did did we enjoy it? I liked it. Would you? I guess we'll wait till the end, till yeah, to make a decision. But um, so let's get into the nitty gritty of the film. So Arrival, like Eric was. Telling. Uh, saying earlier the basic synopsis is 12 shells or ufos land in different parts around the globe um hovering above like however a couple hundred feet above the earth um and humans are trying to figure out what why are they here what do they want what do they want so they hire these linguists and physicists to try to communicate set up a form of communication with these aliens who don't appear to be threatening but, um, obviously humanity is like, well, what's going on?
0: Uh, to cut you off for a second. Sure, go ahead. So the last Best Picture winner that would maybe be considered, like, science fiction or fantasy was 2003, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Interesting. Um, so.
1: Yeah.
2: That's that, it. That was, that was, it was without huge... Comment?
1: <laughs> so, to go back to that conversation, that was a huge film. Yeah. And that was, like, for, I think it won,
0: like, 11. So, like, clean yeah. house that year. But it was a, it was also mm-hmm. a thing where, like that movie did a lot for filmmaking. That's true. And they spent, you know, like a year filming all three of those at once. Mm-hmm. When they came out, they were like magnificent, like mm-hmm. way ahead of what anybody else was doing. Yeah. Um, and they were just like, this is dope. Like yeah. here's your reward. Here's, yeah. Here's all this gold.
1: Stuff. And there was such a big following, like, because it was so much a lead up to the third film. Like the first one came out, Great reviews. A lot of people loved it, and it obviously were very popular books. Yeah, so you had such a huge fan base as well. So the box office was probably incredibly large. So that obviously happens. Well.
0: Arrival probably won't touch any of those numbers. No, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, that's a good that's a good one. To play. Arrival might make its money back. Let's hope.
1: So th- that's a, another question. So I think Villeneuve is known for having uh, small budgets, doing a lot with small budgets. Mm-hmm. So this film is forty seven million. Um, but box office budget, which you think like, oh, that's actually like fairly mild for such a, like a big box office film, mm-hmm. like a science fiction box office film. Um, so I want to ask you, what do you think Sicario was? Do you know? Yeah.
0: Oh. Uh, I, know that, um, I don't know if exactly, but. 15 to 20? No, it was actually, it was 30 million. Oh, okay. But still, that's like. That's so not that much more.
1: Relatively, yeah, it's relatively mild for, I guess he's like a upcoming new director so maybe that's why but for a film that made a lot of money is the big bo- action flick kind of you know
0: so you know like that's box office mojo i i don't know if they build in like marketing costs to their oh to their really? budget totals i know like if you like say you look at like wikipedia's number mm-hmm. that's oh, like, sometimes different has marketing yeah so it could be you could be see a difference in like marketing cost that as to the budget. That makes sense. But you would market a big science fiction movie more than Sicario anyway? That's true. Yeah, so it's 47 on
1: Wikipedia as well. Okay. Let me just get Sicario. But anyways, Sicario, yeah, $30 million on Wikipedia. So okay. maybe they do incorporate it. But to get back to the synopsis, so... Uh, Amy Adams' character, Dr. Louise Banks, was hired, um, by the U.S. government. Dr. Banks. Dr. Banks. Yeah. And she's working with Jeremy Renner's character, who is, um, Ian Donnelly, as opposed to Gary Donnelly, which we'll get into later. Big controversy. Um. Huge controversy. It's terrible. Renner heads out there. Um, unbelievable. <laughs> and, um, so they get hired, uh, to communicate with these aliens and they, you know, we, we won't give too much away, but they start to form this communication with the aliens, um, try to figure out why they're there, blah, blah, blah. And things start to happen to Amy Adams that she can't totally explain. And uh, thus we get um, like her her story. it's it's based on her upcoming story as well as her present story.
0: Which you, which in the beginning you think is her past story. So I don't there we're we're not gonna be able to talk about this without getting into spoilers. Probably. Yeah, so
1: we should just yeah. So
0: spoilers for those who have seen it. Um Yeah. So basically what she finds out is that the heptapods, we, the heptapods communicate in spoken language and a written language, mm-hmm. which they dub like heptapod A, heptapod B, for the sake of things, mm-hmm. and they realize that the best way they can communicate with them is through written language mm-hmm. versus spoken language. So they do their best to translate the language that the heptapods like give them. Mm-hmm. Heptapods give them, um, and so the the film really follows Amy's work. Our, Doctor Banks. Doctor Banks reminds me of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Why? Isn't isn't like oh the Banks family? And is one of them a doctor? Phillip Banks. Yeah, is he a doctor? He's a judge. Hmm. Close though. Okay.
1: I mean, I see where you're going. Yeah, I like
0: it. First things first. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in in like in following Amy Adams, especially in the book, we Chang does a really like interesting job of putting in all these concepts mm. so there's a lot of like physical concepts
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and there's a lot of linguistic concepts mm-hmm. that kind of influence the way that characters think
1: so there's two main
0: ones yeah
1: there's a superior wharf hypothesis and then there is the Fermat's principle of least time yeah um so what is the superior warf hypothesis
0: that's basically that and as someone who is not a doctor and does not play one on tv or have a knowledge of Linguistics. But you could,
1: if you wanted to. I could if I wanted to.
0: Uh So, the way I understand it is that the superior whorf hypothesis posits that language shapes your perception of things. Right. So, if you can... So, let's say, like, I knew Spanish, I would dream or think in Spanish. Mm, in, yeah. Or if I knew French, I would do the same in French. Sure. Or if you or knew, if I knew sign language. Yeah, I would think in sign language. Right. Or if I knew heptapod... The Heptapod language, I could essentially perceive the world the same way that the native speakers of that language do. Correct. So that presents, like, its own plot line mm-hmm. in this, because the more Amy Adams learns about this language, the more she thinks like the aliens do,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which gets into the Fermat theorem. Theorem, which is
1: um, Theorem of least Time, which is basically... Um, light travels at its most, I guess, efficient um, direction. Mm. Um, so when light hits, light's coming down traveling, and it hits water, it's refracted. Yeah. So it's not going in a straight line anymore, um, which in, in theory is um, a longer distance, but it takes the least amount of time um, based on the refraction. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand all the science behind it, but that's basically um, what it is. And they actually didn't get into that into the film at all.
0: No, like, they didn't.
1: At they, all. <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, it was cool, inter- interesting to read um, these different these
0: different theories or principles. Um, yeah, what did you think of the formats thing? I thought that was really interesting because and I, I took some like thought notes. Mm-hmm. Down, um, but so it's basically like if you apply that theorem to the aliens or the heptopods, mm-hmm. you come to the conclusion that they really can't communicate or act like until they know how that communication is actually going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, so they... they, And that kind of applies to how they view time, too. So they don't they don't experience it sequentially, but they experience it all at once. Right. So when they come down to Earth, they already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, for example, and we'll, we can get into some of this more in detail, at one point, um, these military guys set a bomb to go off inside the ship because they think the aliens don't come in peace Mm -hmm. um but the aliens know that bomb's gonna go off Mm -hmm. right like if you buy into the fact that they that their language like allows them to see the future or to experience Mm -hmm. all of time at once right they know that's gonna happen so they they like eject amy adams and jeremy renner who are in there to save their life but still like get hit with the bomb right one of them dies and one of them dies because Mm -hmm. of it yeah um so,
1: so what? How does that affect Amy Adams's character? The way she sees time. And
0: then, yeah, so in the narrative, it, we're it, we get there's an interweaving of what we believe to be present and past. Mm-hmm. So in the book, it's the same, or in the story, it's the same. It's like every couple of paragraphs, we get like a break mm-hmm. in the timeline, and we learn about her daughter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if her daughter's name's Hannah in the book, but her name's Hannah in the film, right? Um, and so we read this and watch it believing that this is a past mm-hmm. and that, like, what we learn has influenced Amy Adams' present character. Mm-hmm. So, like, we learn that her daughter dies and it makes sense to us that Amy Adams would be this, like, kind of recluse. Right. Right. Like, she's experienced trauma in the past. That's why she's single. Mm-hmm. We know that at one point she had a husband and a daughter mm-hmm. who's subsequently passed. Mm-hmm. Like, you understand that Amy Adams is acting, like, this way.
2: Right.
1: So it all fits like that. Yeah, and it's different in the book when you're reading it because it's all written in um, like future tense.
0: Yeah, the tense. You in
1: will, you will do this. You will do that. It's basically the way it's written is she's basically writing it to to her daughter, um, telling her what will happen in the in the future. Basically, mm. so you get more of a sense of it in the book um, than in the film. In the film, you just accept like, okay, this must be your past, and as the time goes on, um, she starts having these. Uh, like weird dreams and then eventually she finds out how that they how the aliens think and it's like okay well they can see the future like this is clearly my future because now i can think their their way
0: i don't think they see the future i think they experience all the time at this, the same time right no, you're, you're right you're right so just to clarify yeah, yeah i feel like it, it's know, definitely like, different they're two, yeah. two different
1: um like thoughts but I guess the way from a human's perspective, like from her perspective, she's seen her future. Mm-hmm. But the Heptapods don't see it as future, present, past. It's always just... It's just time.
0: She doesn't understand it. Right. Like, as we're... As we, as a reader and as an audience are introduced to it, she doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Which is why you get things like the... Uh, what does she say at one point? Her daughter comes down and is asking her a question... about oh, the non-zero-sum game? About the non-zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. And what, like, we understand after watching the whole movie and, like, finding out what happens, you understand that, like, she's experiencing this, not sequentially, but she's experiencing this at the same time. So, right. like, in the present time frame, Jeremy Renner says it's a non-zero-sum game, whatever, mm-hmm. and her daughter's also asking her in the future, this is going to be a really confusing way to right. say this, but her daughter's also asking her a similar question,
2: mm-hmm. and by
0: learning what Jeremy Renner tells her, she then answers her daughter.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird. She's, like, reminded of, of what it's called from the, from the future, in quotes. Yeah. From a different time.
0: Yeah. Um, and the same thing happens again. So so that is kind of like a past to present. Mm-hmm. But we have, there's an example of a future to past as well, like later in the film, at least. I don't know if this happens in the book. Mm-hmm. I, do, I mean, I know it doesn't happen in the book. I don't know if we get an example of it in the book, mm-hmm. where General Shang from China meets Amy Adams, Dr. Banks, at the ball.
2: Yes. And Is like, thank
0: you for saving like, everything. Yeah. I remember what you said when you called me and this. And she was like, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, what are you talking about? And he basically tells her, and what he tells her feeds into her, like, past actions to right. influence the, f- the coming events. Right. Right, so. Which is that she called him, she called, she called uh, General Shang
1: on his private number, how she somehow knew yeah, um, from the future, and she told him his wife, General Shang's dying wife's dying
0: words, um, in in Chinese. But why do we? Why does it even come to this, Will?
1: That's a good point. It shouldn't have.
0: No, no. Like, why does this happen? Because the book is really, or the stories, the film is really similar to the story, uh-huh. uh, with like the exception of an entirely new third act, or oh, entirely new like conflict.
1: That's true. I don't know. I think. Well, yeah, there, there were a lot of things that were added in the film. I think it, it, they kind of needed to add a lot of stuff because it was only a 55-page f- short story. So they kind of needed to add a lot of meat to it, a lot of more a lot more suspense. So I think adding that second layer of time, like an example of time confusion, I guess. So I'm asking um, you about
0: adding like the global
1: stakes. Oh, the global stakes? Yeah. Okay. Well... That just adds suspense, in my opinion. It also creates um, a narrative where um, we we are trying to communicate with these aliens, but we also can't communicate with each other. Um, very 2016. Very 2016. <laughs> very, yeah, very timely. Um, which is interesting, you know, because from a bureaucratic perspective and in the government's perspective, it's all about your information, right? Yeah. What information you can share, which is... Usually, not much, or if any. Um, so you're just trying to protect yourself because you don't know the intentions of the other people. Mm. Um, so there's obviously a disconnect with the communication um, amongst humans, and there's obviously a disconnect amongst the aliens and humans. But they seem to, at least, Amy Adams and his character, Louise Banks, seems to close that gap and become more. Um, I don't know what I don't know what the word of the phrase is, but she becomes more. Um, in tune with their... It's more enlightened outside. Enlightened, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So what you see happen is, like... i got to stop saying, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we all do it. (laughs) Um, What happens is that when these ships land, they Mm -hmm. land in America, they land in Russia, they land in China, Mm -hmm. they land in, like, the Middle East, Mm -hmm. various places across the globe, and there's, like, this global panic and lack of understanding mm-hmm. and if you add in the fact that you can't even communicate like it's very easy for people to assume the worst yeah which is what happens China decide so what happens is to keep going back they, mm-hmm. one of the things they first translate is they ask the aliens why they're here and what they send back is then translated into offer weapons right And so they take that to believe that the aliens want humanity to fight each other, Mm -hmm. to, like, destroy themselves. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly, like, all of the places where the heptapods landed, where they were working with each other before, suddenly, like, go independent. Yep. All communications lost. Yeah. So no longer are they working with each other.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Dr. Banks finds out that
2: the heptapods are
0: offering them, like knowledge right and she gets a like one twelfth of this huge they're basically like data dumping Mm -hmm. the like the earth right like here's all this shit yeah like figure it out this is like big data right yeah yeah. we have big data like you figure it out yeah uh work together to figure it out yeah and so they're given like one twelfth of this big data set right and banks is like we have to work with everybody else because the data set's incomplete Mm -hmm. um and china's like we're about to blow up the the shell because yeah. like we don't trust it we don't trust it yeah, yeah. so yeah. she has to work quickly
2: mm-hmm.
0: um to get them to stop yeah and that's where the call comes in yeah so the it, the film puts in this time clock right like if she doesn't get if she doesn't solve this in a certain amount of time she doesn't figure out how to get them to stop in a certain mm-hmm. amount of time like everything's lost right and we already know what's going to be lost because we're told that mm-hmm. um so it, it like like you're saying boost the stakes and this adds to the suspense yeah
1: so that was another big difference between um the book i'm sorry yeah the book and the film where they have this globalization and they have these high stakes um and where she's finding all this out where they can't communicate with china and other countries she eventually is transported back up into the shell on her own yeah because she has like this i can't it was like a a memory i guess Um, and she's, like, drawn to the shell on her own, and they send down, like, a little transport module, Mm -hmm. send her back up, and she actually is face-to-face with the alien, who is, like, 100 feet tall, or 50 feet tall, whatever. Whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And, um... Costello, that one's called. Costello. Abbott. Abbott. Abbott That's
1: another controversy, because they were called Raspberry and Flapper in the book, but Abbott and Costello in the film, which we'll get into later. But that was a big, a big thing to add, um, in the film, I think... They they obviously did for a number of reasons. It obviously adds to the storyline because you find out why they're why they're here. Um, you get to see the alien um, stuff like that. So, what did you think about the alien? It was weird. It was very weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. It had seven legs and like it looked like almost like knuckles. So it, it looked, looked like, like a knuckle. Hand. Yeah. 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 Um, but then you, but you didn't see the top portion until you actually. Until so she was actually way. inside with them. Yeah, and it was more of like a body like an upper body structure like a human
0: it looked to me like just like a big arm with like seven fingers yeah and with like a little knob up. head at the top yeah
1: um yeah it was really weird but so they added that portion and that portion was very odd to me because first of all she she is entered into this uh shell like their ufo and she's not wearing any sort of hazmat she's entering their atmosphere on her own and they're communicating via like via spoken word which we thought as well at least i thought they weren't accustomed to so they were yeah. translating solely via written language so up until that point yeah up until that point so that part was kind of weird to me as yeah. because now all of a sudden she can sp- not she's speaking in english but they can understand her and they're speaking in heptapod a and she can understand them yeah so that part was a little like out of left field for me it was cool I liked that they threw it in there, but it didn't totally make sense. I don't know. What did you think about
0: it? Like, how she was able to... How she suddenly knew... What he was saying. So like, there was translations. The yeah. Uh, obviously for us
1: to understand what he was saying. But how the hell does she know?
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good... That's a something that I, I haven't quite figured out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, it was... Yeah, it was
1: just weird. It was a big... For me, it was like a... They were just thrown in there from left field. Like... Yeah. I like wonder
0: if there was something about her being inside with him that helped maybe. her. Maybe, like, change her, like, chemistry or something. Yeah, I don't know.
1: They, it sort of seemed like that, because she was wearing a bun, right? When she went in there. Did you notice this? And then, all of a sudden, her bun came off, and her hair was, like, all flowy, and, like, almost looked CGI.
0: It looked very CGI. Like, almost if like something was, like...
2: Yeah, maybe... If if the that budget was
1: like, her, but, like... If the
0: budget was 50 million, that no, would have been better. <laughs> they true. cut him off at 46. So, yeah, that
1: was an odd sequence for me. Um, and I... And I like that they threw it in there, but I didn't like that it wasn't totally, like, explained beforehand or afterwards. Did you like that
0: they straight up told you why the aliens were here? Because they, yeah. don't, they don't do that in the story. They don't do that in the story, but I did like that, actually, because... Um, so what
1: the aliens tell Amy Adams, this character, Louise Banks, um, that they're here for the, the humans' help. Mm. So they, they're here to help, like... Uh, speed up the evolution of humans by offering them all this information that they're in the big data or whatever, um, so that they can help. the have in three thousand years for whatever. They didn't explain that, but I did actually like that because that gives it gives the story a lot more um,
0: uh, like context. You know what I mean? Um, so in the yeah, cause in the story they come and they give them the information, and it's so in the movie it's just the language they explain to them how the language works right mm-hmm. and that's like the weapon
1: yeah and they that's keep it. saying
0: sorry to cut you off, but they keep saying that like they're just here to observe yeah they're here to watch
2: yeah in the story
0: that's what they say in the story yeah in but, the, yeah in the, sure the novel they are in the movie they're like we want your help in the future so mm-hmm. here's a way i guess to like perceive future time mm-hmm.
2: um,
0: yeah. but in the in the book it, it, they give them like a lot of these physical laws they explain mm-hmm. to them how to do mathematical mm-hmm. and like physics and astrophysics and quantum physics and mm-hmm. all these kind of different like high level scientific Who know I, I didn't understand things. yeah <laughs> but it, yeah and this one basically they just give them the ability to experience time the same way they do
2: mm-hmm. which
0: brings me to another thing so at near the end uh dr bank's is giving a talk at her university where she's published how to translate heptapods. Because mm-hmm. like she denies. wrote a book about it, yeah. So that's stupid, right? Like the, yeah, if, if everybody, so here's my thing. If you taught everybody how to read heptapod, suddenly everybody would experience time like, like the heptabots. Non-linearly. Right. right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That would be horrible. Why? Because everyone would know what's happening, what's going to happen. Yeah. So that brings
1: into the conversation... It would like, of, rip
0: apart <laughs> the fabric of like, everyone's understanding of Yeah, why. people probably wouldn't be able to handle it. But there, that brings in the question of, like, do we
1: really have free will? Or is it everything determined? Like, this is the big... I think this is the big central theme to the film. Um, where free... You're told that you have free will, and I think Amy Adams' character still believes that she has free will, um, but a lot of it is determined. So another big big aspect of the film, or difference between the film and the book, is uh, her daughter's death. So in the short story, her daughter dies of a rock climbing accident. Mm-hmm. She slips and falls, she dies at, like, age 25. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, so in the film, she's maybe, like, a, t- she's she's a, teenager. a teenager. Yeah. And she dies of, like, a rare cancerous disease. Mm. So, she, free will, and free will in that situation, she, in the film, she can't really do anything to prevent it. But she still decides to have the daughter. So, that's the one thing that she can do to prevent it, is not have her child. Right, but she decides, I'm still going to get with Jeremy Renner, Mm -hmm. uh, who's the physicist in the movie they get together after um and still have her daughter and raise her until she has this disease Mm -hmm. um but in the book it leaves that question open like more open than it does in the film so you can just prevent her from going to that rock climbing trip or can you or is it already determined or if you if you say no you can't do it is she going to rebel and do it anyways Mm -hmm. or is she is it is there going to be some sort of scenario where she, she still does it no matter what happens so it's a big um, that I really like that aspect of it. Um, it's almost free will versus determinism. It's almost an unanswerable question.
0: Yeah. So you can't you choose to have free will. I, I can choose. She, she an effect does have free will, even though she can experience time all at once, but she still chooses to have the baby. That's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she, it's not like. She, it's her body like she can refuse jeremy renner Mm -hmm. she can not have hannah Mm -hmm. and i don't know what that does to her like how she experiences time like what that changes Mm -hmm. but she can still say no Mm -hmm. and that is an element of will
1: that's true that's true um yeah
0: it's
1: it's it's an interesting, interesting conversation um because maybe there are elements of her story, of, or of the experiences that she, that she had during this, um, like whole this whole film, where she's more inclined, or she wants to have a kid, or that she, maybe she didn't want to at first, but mm. some circumstances force her mind to make the
0: decision that she still wants to have the kid. But it's another interesting thing too, because with Jeremy Renner, we, we I mean, they like, get along very well throughout mm-hmm. the course of the story yeah. Right, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little flirty at times. Mm-hmm. They kind of take away a lot of the more, a, a lot more of the relationship that the book had. Mm-hmm. The movie doesn't really have that, like, romantic relationship yeah. built up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but she sees in her, like, in, in the future, whatever, mm-hmm. that her and Jeremy Renner are, like, are married and and he's the father of her child. Right. And so when you then flipped back into the past, um, and he hit on her, she was, like, suddenly way more receptive to it. And yeah. Then she, so, I, I've, and it's hard to say now, like, whether free will exists versus determinism mm. in the context of this story. Because it, for that, in that instance, for me, it seemed like... She had free will. No, it seemed the other way. It seemed or like she, she knew Jeremy Renner was going to be her husband the father of her child mm-hmm. and she was like into the idea of that yeah or she accepted the idea of that so inside. she didn't
1: really find that out till like the very end of the film yeah yeah
0: so i think it, i think it leaves it uh, i don't know i mean it doesn't answer right it's very ambiguous yeah i know I mean you can't answer it right, right. like because you don't know right um yeah but it leaves it up to debate
1: <laughs> yeah and it's it's a very interesting film it's the way they do it, the way they shoot it, I mean, we knew going in what was going to happen because we'd read the story, but mm-hmm. uh, there was, like, somebody, two people sitting next to me, and when that, like, revelation, hit, hey, you can hear them go, oh, like, gasp a little bit, like, oh, my God, which is cool. Like, this is a movie, if you, like, hadn't read it before, you would probably want to watch it again.
0: Be do, like, Do you regret reading it before?
1: No, I don't regret it. I think it would have been, that moment would have been more, it would have hit me more mm-hmm. when they revealed that Jeremy Renner was you know, the father. Yeah. Um, and then you really, you connect the dots. It's like, Oh, this, all of these memories were from her future yeah. or from a different point in time, not her past. Yeah. That had already happened. So it's kind of like a, kind of hits you. Um, and it's a, it's a cool moment. Like, I, I think it was more dulled down for me specifically. Um, but
0: it's still cool. So that's my question then with like the heptopod scene where she understands like why they're here. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I'm giving you the weapon to see time like I see it. Right. Um, non-linearly, so you know everything all at once. Mm-hmm. So do we... Like, And also, 3,000 years in the future, we're going to need your help. So right. do you need that scene if, at the end of the movie, it's revealed that Renner is the dad? Because that tells you the same thing, kind of, right? Uh, yeah, but I think... Maybe you don't understand just the heptapod language that's doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That's
1: a good question. I think... When you see Jeremy Renner, that, like, is the nail on the head.
2: Yeah.
0: But the other one
1: is just sort of, like, a... It's put it out there, but it doesn't, like, clarify it
0: 100%. Well, at you, know least, know. like... The way it is, you at least know that what she's seeing is in the future. Mm-hmm. But then the Renner reveal is, like, oh, okay, it's Renner.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Versus, like, any other guy. That's true. So yeah. maybe maybe it's, like, the fact that I had read it going into yeah. it. Yeah. And I knew.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this. I think this film will get better with multiple viewings. Um, yeah. And I definitely plan on seeing it again, um, hopefully soon. Um, so yeah, let's get into. I think we've kind of explained the majority of everything, right? Yeah. Um, so what else are we going to get? Differences, outro. Um, so what did you like better, book or film? Why don't you take this one first? So I really enjoyed reading the reading the short story um
0: did you read it did you finish it
1: the second time did you read it twice or i read it twice yeah so i read it before watched the film I like i totally didn't read understand it. it the first time i read it and i watched the film and i got a better understanding And then i read it again i was like okay i get it totally get it i'm here i'm i'm good yeah <laughs> um but like the first part of the, like the, the theories and stuff like the whatever wharf uh Stop. hypothesis yeah Superior warfare Like, reading about that stuff is was really cool and interesting to me, um, which they didn't. They didn't totally like explain in the novel, or I'm sorry, the film. And they mentioned it
0: for like a hot second.
1: So if I had to choose, I, I would. I mean, the film was really cool. The story was a lot more sciencey. Yeah. I'm a big I'm a big film guy, so I'm gonna go film again. I think I always pick the films.
0: Yeah, we should probably listen to. We should probably <laughs> write Italian. I'm gonna go film. Do this every time. We should probably listen to right Italian. Um, I'm going to go story mm-hmm. for the, because it's more sciencey and mm-hmm. the sciencey I think makes the, makes it better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And because there's more romantic relationship, that's my, okay. that's my reason I'm sticking to it. Okay. Yeah. I know Fletcher on All right. Um, <laughs> do you want to say what we're going to do next, next uh, month? Yeah. Did, have we decided? I've decided. You decided. Okay. Yeah. What, what are we doing? Uh, fences. Oh, oh, the play. We're gonna do we're gonna read a play and watch the movie.
1: Okay, I'm all about it's it. It's coming out
0: like 23rd of December,
1: some right around Christmas. Okay, so we won't do we won't do one for a while. About
0: a, oh, it's about a month. Yeah. Um, okay, Fences. Sorry, Nunzel, and who's the it who Violet Davis. Violet Davis, and uh, I forget his name, but the guy who was Bubba in Forrest Gump.
1: Oh, he's in it too. Yeah. Sorry, oh, I, right.
0: Bubba, I forgot your name. But yeah, sorry, bro. Maybe
1: we can get him on the podcast and I'll we see. can apologize to him in person. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so,
1: yeah. So, look out for that. Um, uh, if you guys want to comment or whatever on our page, check us out Little Lens um, at WordPress. Uh, we're on Twitter as well, Instagram, um, and SoundCloud and iTunes now. Thank God. Yeah. Shout out, shout out on iTunes. Shout out to iTunes. Shout, shout out, out Shia shout out LaBeouf. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf, we love you. We miss you. Um, we hope we can talk to you soon. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys in about a month or so. Okay? Bye. Bye.